Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Drevens. Absolutely delightful speaking to Jane Swoson. It, it was indeed her, her long and fascinating career, really. Yeah. You know, that thing with the jewellery business. Uh-huh. Oh. See, you'll have to listen now. Oh. Um, but to go from, you know, where she started to where she finished on that business alone yeah. in 12 months, brilliant. But also but- to come full circle when you think that she started her career with Denplay in when Denplan was in its infancy, you know, mm. an exciting time. It's always exciting to be in any business when it starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, But to then be coming back into that world again um, and helping people convert and mm. what that looks like. And it's interesting her take on how it's different today to what it yeah, was before. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the thing that was quite interesting, wasn't it? You know, the, the, the process is the same. You get someone to become a planned patient or a private patient so you have to go through a process, but but what people are interested in and looking for and, and how you do it is different yeah. because, I don't know, was it 30 years of a lapse? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, technology's changed, people have changed, what mm. they want has changed. Are these, that bit I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, and I think it's a really, uh, really topical episode and, and be very relevant to people now. It will, indeed. Excellent. Brilliant. And wherever you get this podcast, if you'd like to subscribe, that would be absolutely fabulous. And then you get notified of future episodes. Me and you again, mate. We are, we are. Same position, same, same seating. Exactly. We are ready for another one. Another one. And today, today we are so pleased. We are so fortunate. We have um, Jane Sprouson joining us, um, business development consultant, branding specialist, and well-known dental personality. Well-known so, dental well-known personality. Dental personality. Look at a well-known Absolutely. dental personality. Welcome, Jane. How are you doing? I'm very well, and I'm really pleased to be doing this with you. Because I, You know what? Because I know it'll be fun. Oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Doing it because it will be fun, and you know we've known each other for quite a while now. It's been a fair while. It's been a fair while, actually. Yes, quite a few years, but we won't go there. Yeah, we we won't. But but you say the fun thing, Jane. But when when we kind of sat down and sketched out why we wanted to do this, we said one, it'd be lovely to hear, but it was life stories because everyone's interested in everybody else. Two. If we can share some business here, that'd be great. But they naturally just come out from those conversations. Yeah. And the last bit is it'll be fun. But 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 the interesting thing about that conversation about doing a podcast, it came about as a result of the downfall of Clubhouse. Because when we used to do Clubhouse, Clubhouse was a live audio only social media platform. And we all did it for a while and it was good fun and it it came as quick as it went. But as a result of that, (laughs) what we realized was that... Should have sold it it when it was valued at a billion dollars. (laughs) When When it was live, people had to be around in that moment or they couldn't listen. Whereas now... By doing a podcast, we record it, we share it across Spotify and Apple and everywhere else, and people can kind of consume it where and when they want. So it actually started out as a result of the downfall of Clubhouse. Yeah. But we did have we did have fun on Clubhouse. Oh you know, yeah, that, it was it was a hoot. That was super, and um, and it kept us all going, didn't it? But you know, Clubhouse is still going. I don't. It is. It. it is. Yeah, yeah. Not that I spend much time on it. No. Well, it it seems to leverage your time much better if you're doing a podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. I finally well, turned my notifications off. Oh, did you? Oh, yes. It used to keep popping up when I was thinking, why do I want to listen to something like Clubhouse? <laughs> the thing is, you know, Clubhouse was great for me because it didn't matter. I didn't have to do my hair. I didn't have to put my makeup on. You know, you guys do it all the time. But when I'm working Well, hair and makeup. Yeah. Yeah, hair and makeup, yeah. hair and makeup. But <laughs> Got my I on. didn't have to bother and I, I could be in my PJs and deliver 
some great content or actually get other people to deliver it because I ask the questions. I think, <laughs> I think the worst thing with Clubhouse, though, was when you joined a group that was quite small and then people went, oh, hello, I see a, I see a Chris has joined us. And you're yeah. thinking, oh, damn, I didn't mean to join. <laughs> and then you have to subtly disappear because it was the wrong group yeah. you joined. I then, did that a couple of times, not paying attention. You come up on stage and actually you can't because you're actually doing something else and you feel really bad. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're just so being polite. I am, I am invited on stage today. I have accepted and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Thank so you. that was our inspiration for starting this. So before we... Yeah, so before we get into your, your dental experience and journey, what, what do we need to understand about your upbringing to make sense of who you are today, Jane? Yeah, what, I, I'm, from, I'm from north, so, you know, I come up from north, and we, ta- we tell it how it is. You may have noticed. Mm. <laughs> we're about, we're about you, you up north. That trait well. well, can I just say this? Because when I was born here, which was a long time ago, because I'm back north now, I say I'm here, um, it was North Yorkshire, and I'm sticking to that. Okay, it is no longer North Yorkshire, but I think that if I was, if it was, if it was at the time North Yorkshire, I don't see why I can't identify as somebody. From oh Yorkshire. right, have you become another okay. county then? It became another county. Yeah. <sighs> oh, not good. Not good. Wow. So, so yeah, I came from the north, and um, from my background, I think about me is my parents were real workers. They wanted. They wanted to um, have things that were better than they had. You know, mm-hmm. Dad was were, they were Catholic. My dad's family were Catholic, so there was twelve of them. And this is like almost like that. Um, oh, what is it? The Monty Python sketch, you know, about E. We're from Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, Dad used to go out and lick, lick Rod. <laughs> Six hours and, yeah, and, and all that. And so, but it is a little bit like that. And so, but they were desperately. So, I was born in Middlesbrough. Did I say that correctly? In Middlesbrough, which isn't, you know. And so, I was born there, and they quickly took me to a very nice little middle class village in County Durham. And I had a very nice life And I only went back the other day, and I thought, you know what? This is absolutely idyllic. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'd forgotten what they did for me. And they, they work so hard to do that. Um, and um, and so that dad worked for a company and then he set up on his own. And he had a wonderful work ethic. And I thought it was absolutely marvellous, amazing man um, because of the way he treated his staff. Mm. So I think that has also um, helped me in considering the way you treat people in business mm. as well. Mm. So he gave me some really... I say he, that sounds like my mum didn't count, but she did. Um, but I just had this thing with my dad. He had, to me, he had really sound values. Mm. You know, he was a hard worker. He respected other people. Um, and he was actually, he was a bit of an innovator, but because mum wouldn't let him spend any money because she was from Yorkshire, um, she, he should have been in business before then. And he designed lots of things. Um, you know, the, the little blue light for the Northern Gas. Oh yeah, that it went ping like that. You know, he did that, and, um, oh. and but he didn't get any money for it. You know, so he did a lot of things that were innovative, <laughs> right. but he didn't he didn't cash in on that. So I've decided that's not the right thing to do. And um, and he was very into Jane. You must get into IT. You must be able to do computers. You know, so he had that kind of vision. Mm. Um, so I, I definitely took that from dad. And then I think um, from mum, it's like talking about yourself. It's a bit tricky. But when you get older, you think, oh, I don't care what people think. So the fact is mum 
had had a massive generous spirit, and I believe I am very generous to people. I do try and deposit something in the emotional bank account before Mm -hmm. I ask people for a favour. So maybe that that is my upbringing in a tiny little village in County Durham with two parents who worked very very hard. Mm. Do you have any brothers or sisters, Jane? Um, I have a younger sister who is in the police force. Did I just say that quietly as well? So she's in the police force. She wanted to be an artist and they thought that wasn't a proper job. Huh. She wasn't allowed. And um, But I, we did, for a time, we had my cousin living with us, who was a boy, and he was older than me. And uh, we had to look after him for various reasons. And um, we tried to adopt him, but that didn't that didn't work. And I think he would have been better off if he had been with us. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So it's a bit of a strange one, a bit of a strange one. I can't go into too much detail because that's public. Yeah. Mm. We'll do that over a glass of wine sometime. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's interesting what you say about your dad. (laughs) Interesting what you say about your dad and and that kind of innovation and um, and entrepreneurship. Because when uh, we're doing our our research, it's very difficult to say. (laughs) Oh, well, we'll, we'll edit that bit. Out. Is that actually gin in that water glass it got? Is oh, that yeah, yeah, it's not tea. It's not tea, <laughs> it's not tea at all, yeah. 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 Right. 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 When, when you do lots of these, you move on from it's tea not, very quickly. Oh, we've got James Rose. <laughs> we better knock down the glass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 it's fine. Sorry, it's fine. sorry. But, 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 but I'm coming to a good point. I'm getting there. In your own time. Honestly. Don't let me There's rush no at all. But, but, the, but the exciting thing, linking to innovation and entrepreneurship. Oh, good man. On the second time around. Well done, well done. Um, before your dental career, you actually um, started a jewellery business with £750. I- I and took did. it to a two million pound turnover in a year, which is ridiculous success. So, what did you learn from? It's mad. What did you learn from that business and that that crazy growth? Because that is insane. And how did that? Yeah, come that was insane. And what that what that taught me? There was a, quite a number of things that taught me. Uh, first of all, it definitely, definitely made my selling skills like really, really refined and mm. amazing. Um. The other thing was that no matter no matter what was happening, you just put on your face and you got on with it. I remember I had to go and speak in Glasgow. I was living in Edinburgh, uh, near Edinburgh at the time. I had to go to speak to, in Glasgow. And I was really ill and I had a small child. And I thought, how am I going to do it? But I just got in that car, did it, and then got home and then collapsed. You know, mm. so you build up these, this resilience, I think, mm. and you perform, you go and do it. Whereas... I guess you can hand the sick note in when it's not your business, isn't it? And I'll just take a day off. And um, so, yeah, that doesn't really happen in my life. Um, So that was very good. The other thing was team building and how very sensitive people are to – no, 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 I'll just step back there. I didn't realise that I could influence people so much and Mm. how much influence that that was gained and how much they they hung on to those words – and so as I've got more mature, <laughs> very mature, is now I'm a little bit more sensitive to how that message is delivered and modifying how that might be taken because mm. there's a lot of people, I do like things on communication and um, I remember doing a demonstration at a training and we were talking We were talking about uh, one of the dentists going, in, going 
going into uh, from NHS to private. So I said, let's do a demonstration. So I thought I was really good at this. So I got them up and I said, well, this is how you talk to this person, which, you know, and uh, and I said, and how was that? And they went, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so the wonderful thing is, is that you're always learning, hmm. isn't it? Oh, and, really? uh, and I think that's really important as well. And I, I do... I do understand that one of my triggers, my motivating triggers is to learn constantly. Mm. And I am like a sponge. So, you know, one of my clients was saying, I see you just did those branding strategist exams, you know, and bear in mind that I, I'm a lady of a certain age, you know, I can have the label, she who must be obeyed now, um, definitely. And they said, and they were like 20 years younger than me. And I thought, yeah, but why wouldn't you want that level of competence? Why wouldn't you want that level of knowledge to share mm-hmm. with clients to yeah. know that you were giving them the best, the very best advice that you could possibly? Mm. And also, as importantly, to know when you aren't, you are not the right one to give that advice. Surely mm. that's yeah. important as well. <clears throat> you know, so we got stuck. We do a lot of financial analysis um, on on uh, before we do help people with conversion and. There was, I mean, most of them we just don't have a problem with, but there was one that just wasn't making sense at all. So we said, no, no, this is the time when we need to go and get the financial advisor in. and Because mm. we were going through it and through it and thought, how come? So you have to know when, you're, when you've got to ask for help from a person who's got mm. all yeah. knowledge. It's like when I ring you up and say, you know, what about this valuation? Do you think this is worth looking at to mm. sell rather than convert? You know, and that's not my expertise. And the, one of the best days of my life, I have to say I was 43 by the time I learned it, was, you you know, you don't have to be best at everything. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely hey, not. And you, you can't about, be best at everything. No, no. When you said about childhood, <clears throat> I was head girl, I was this, I was that, I was quite high achieving. And what that does, or what it did to me, it, it made me think I had to have the answer for everything. Mm. Right, yeah. That's the way I got <clears throat> the reward, you know. And it, and so I was, I was ancient. I was 43 before I realised that, no, you're better off just surrounding yourself with people who know better than you. Yeah, definitely. And it's like letting the ego go, you know? Yeah, so yeah. all these little lessons. But you were talking about this jewellery business, and we're, I've taken you off piece time and time. Uh, so team building, um, working smarter with my time because I was doing silly hours. It's like doing seven days a week or something like that. Um, and um, what else did I learn? Yes, I learned that celebrities take advantage. That's what I learned. <laughs> Yep. Celebrities can take advantage. And that was kind of, I guess that was the first type of influencer. And yep. I used influencers then. So we used a Scottish celebrity and we had oh, but I tell you who was the best one was Bruce Forsyth. He oh, really? Was, he was absolutely fantastic. We did this fashion show because it was jewelry and oh, we Brucey had bonus. Yeah. Oh, he's off now, isn't he? But he is. but we had this uh, we had a, a well known newscaster. And then we had Bruce and he gave you the bonus because he came in before he talked to everybody. He sussed everything out. He, he, he didn't escape straight away. He did the autographs and he charged us a lot of money. The newscaster also well-known, but will remain unnamed. We'll gloss um, over the name. Yeah, that, Gloss over that name. And um, oh, I'm sorry, Miss doesn't have a, 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 the, the right um, outfit for that night. So we need a budget for, for an outfit and then it was you know all these other demands and it was for her it wasn't like she was giving them to charity or anything it was for her and um and then what else did they do oh they were, they were in at the last minute 
they were they weren't terribly friendly. They did their job expertly. Can't so the believe technical not bit Angela was marvelous. She looks lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that technical bit was one, but it was the the customer service, the the small, the you know mm. bits that make the difference. And I've always been massive on customer service to differentiate you. It's worse. funny, isn't it, Jane? That all those years later, you still remember. Mm. You remember the positive and the negative of how those people was, behaved. I bet it was that popular woman with blonde hair. I've never known that. <laughs> I'll tell you over that glass of wine. Yeah, I always felt I always felt she looked a bit shifty <laughs> to me. That yeah. well, oh, I'm so tempted, but I'm not. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So remain she, nameless. She was off, and guess what? Who did who did we ask again? Yeah, and that that taught me again. Mm. You know, always that depositing in the emotional bank account. Look for the long term, like you guys do. You you've always done that. You've always had this sort of long term, sustainable business rather than. How can we get the money out of a punter now? Absolutely, and that's yeah. why I always will give you a ring and go because mm. I know you'll look up. And I think that's dentistry as well. I think dentistry is a is you know people talk about careers and careers span decades of time. Mm. So I think it's important to it be is. there o- ongoing. We so could you, have made more money if we'd have been a little bit less than honest. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we would have missed the jokes on LinkedIn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to restart them actually now. Now I'm back from holiday. You see, exactly. you do. I mean, yeah. I'm, I for one am missing them. So do. <laughs> I'll do my best. This is the other thing, as well, isn't it? Once you start something, and then you stop it. Oh, it's a bit of an issue, isn't it? Exactly. So rolling back, so you started your career, you were a, um, a consultant with um, Denplan 30-odd um, years ago. And yeah. now Denplan is a, a very well-known When she was 12. Brand. Exactly. Yeah, that's you what I, did. You that see what I did there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I see what you did, yeah, obviously. But, 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 but yeah. now it's well-known, you know, across dentistry. Very Everybody strong brand. Denplan. But yeah. you, you were back at the beginning, only started in 86. So you were there, it only been running for a few years. So what, yeah. what was it like being at Denplan in the early days of developing patient It plans? was absolutely fun. Fantastic, and you will still hear names now in different companies of the people you know that I was with. So Mark Adams, you'll know Mark uh, yeah. Adams, um, and you'll know um, Nigel Jones. This uh, plan, he was the best boss I ever had. He was. Um, I'll have to tell you a story about Nigel Jones. If oh, I'm sure you won't mind, and um, and then also Janice Janice uh, Charlton. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. PPD now, yeah. It was absolutely a dream. So there were all these people, if you like, out of that, out of that uh, stable, that we had this real passion to do the right thing for the client, and uh, the training we got then was honestly it was second to none. We weren't allowed to see a client for three months before we went mm. on the road, and and we were taught um, suicide awareness. And I was thinking, really, that sounds a bit rough, doesn't it? Well, that's quite first day out, I managed front to, foot, isn't it? Flip. Well, crikey. And first day out, I used it. You know, that is how prepared they were. Um, the, I think it's split now, and I'm, I'm not going to run them down, but I've always got Denplan to thank me for um, the the thorough initiation you really mm. need for the dental market. They were mm. an amazing company. And, of course, People buy out, they sell on and they buy out and things. So I don't know what it's like now. I just have some small connections with them. But um, it was it was phenomenal. It was it was entrepreneurial. They allowed me, basically, that's your area. Mm. Uh, go out and get these dentists to recruit patients. And when I went in, I was covering Br- Bradford. 
and uh, so Bradford, and I loved it because I had to go first client in Bradford, rocked up into the car park, uh, and it said, and it was right next to get this, uh, I because it was a place called Idol, you know, Idol in Bradford, yep. Idol Men's Working Club. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, and I just if I'd had if I'd had an iPhone, then I would have taken a picture. I yeah, been on Instagram. Uh, so I did Bradford and Leeds and York and Harrogate. Harrogate was terribly posh. Um, so so I covered all all that area. And basically, as long as you got the numbers in, you could do. We had to produce a business plan. Yeah, and, and we got on with it. And when I went in, everybody was going to Booper. Right. So I thought. Crikey, how am I going to do this then? So it was a case of, I, my plan was to go and see the, the key clients and say, what do we do to keep you? you know, mm-hmm. What's gone wrong? And that's that's how I started off. And I made my name like that. And of course, I hadn't come from dentistry. So I had to, I had to go and do something to prove myself because a lot of them were like ex-nurses or ex-whatever. Mm. What can I do? So I went to the British Dental Health Association. Is it the B... And one of those anyway. And they did a certificate in dentistry for non-clinical people. And I'm not sciencey at all. I, I'm mm. definitely not sciencey. And I thought, I've got to read this and pass it. And so I told my like top three clients I'm doing this so that I had to do the work because I didn't want to read about science. It wasn't doing anything for me. So I did it. And I, I got whatever it was, the highest thing, because obviously, because I was head girl and I achieved mm-hmm. that again, you know. So I did that and that that gave me some credibility with them that they could see that I was interested and it wasn't just a job. Yeah, good for mm. you. You know, so that was important to me because this is their, this is their life. <coughs> you know, so it was to, yeah, and that was a very long answer, wasn't it? It was phenomenal um, and it was fun and it was entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial and my motivating trigger, I learned mm. masses, absolutely masses of that. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And, and then after that, you then went on to open a, a dental practice, integrating aesthetics. And lots of people listening to this now will be like, well, yeah, what's the big deal? But <laughs> when, when, when you did it back then, that was kind of trailblazing stuff, wasn't it? So yeah. what, 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 why did you do that? And what challenges did that bring about? Because that, well, that, that wasn't a traditional way of working. Botox. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really. No, it wasn't. I, um, I'd read when uh, Jonathan and I uh, opened that practice. Um, I'd been reading. So, just for those who don't know, Jane, oh, John, your husband's husband, a dentist, sorry. isn't he? Is it, yeah, 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 Dr. yeah. Jonathan Sproson. Um, he um, uh, he he was dissatisfied with his uh, practice arrangements, and I said, "Look, you either put up and shut up, or do something about it." But that's me, isn't it? So I started. How did you meet him, Jane? Sorry, just going back. Did you meet him being Denplan? Uh, I met him through Denplan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? And I did not want to. I said I would never, ever date a dentist. And then he came along. <laughs> so, there we go. There you go. So um, yeah, must have been a, a, a soft spot there. Uh, so I, I went, um, I went and did some research, and there was this. This guy called Perry Six. Now, how how is that not a marketing name? Perry Six. It was the number six, and he wrote he wrote a book called Open Wide. Is he the guy? Was it something like Demos or something? That's it. The Demos report. Yeah, hey, Chris. Good yeah. man. So yeah. I remember. See, yeah, you get a star for that. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's that name, Perry Six. Perry Six. Yeah, <laughs> I have to change mine from Jane Sproson. One. It's not very memorable. So Perry Jane Six. Three. James Ray. <laughs> so he wrote this book and I thought, 
this is the future of dentistry. And also there were other people influencing me like Paddy Lund because mm-hmm. I'm on the customer service and I thought, this is how it should be done. Why does it have to be this dreadful experience, you know, that <laughs> I've got to see the dentist, you know, mm. it's the dentist, isn't it? Uh, it shouldn't be like that. So I started to, I'm a visionary. I don't know if you've ever come across Colby Index A. Have you ever done that one? No. no, we'll do that over a glass of wine. We'll leave it. It's two bits too serious for this. So I'm, I'm a visionary. It's a lot of glasses of wine, Colin. <laughs> so Sounds like a bottle. We will build them up to three. So, um, so yeah, I'm a visionary. I just thought, you know, how would I want it to be? If I'm the target market, how would I want a dental practice to be? I wouldn't like want it to be that visit that everybody dreads. Mm. I'd want it to have um, a slight luxurious feel. I'd want it to have a the, what we did. We said, right, okay, how do we how do we make sure that the environment and the customer service reflects what's going on in the in the in the surgeries? Because mm. none of the punters know whether your crown margins are, made, are marvelous yeah. and they're the best. They don't know that, but they certainly know if you've got really fancy loos with stuff in and and you've got beautiful art on the walls and that, and they and that when you come to reception they don't say take a seat with a miserable mm. face. You know, so it was. I worked on all those. Um, what do they sort of call them? Scenes, critical non-essentials. Yeah. Uh, and Jonathan had like this list of all this kit he wanted. I said, no, no, no. We're dealing with the scenes first. You get your kit when the money comes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most okay. dentists would rather have the kit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Well, they're Always. technicians, aren't they? Really, ultimately. And, and then, like the patient journey was how we designed that practice, and and also the infrastructure because you know you can go to practice and thinking but you don't have anywhere for a patient care coordinator to go. You and when was this, anywhere. Jane? When did you start that project? That was 2000. Wow. Yeah, 2000. So, yeah, you see, that was... Um, yeah, sure. and, was yeah. um, uh, and so, you know, there'll be some big names that you know who are in aesthetics now who talk to me to say, do you think this is a good idea? Mm. So I, I was going for my Botox, obviously preventative um, at that time, and, um, and I thought, hang on a minute, this is a bit this is a bit scabby and journey, patient journey. I can do this better. So I started to look into that as well. And I got, um, because I like to do things proper. Ah, here's the thing, going back to the children thing. My first sentence sitting in the pram was, I'm not properly, because I wasn't sitting properly. So that that is that tells you everything. Everything's got to be properly. And Kim, who's our other branding strategist, she's actually got a folder on IT in the Dropbox that says to make properly. Okay, so wow. that kind of tells you about the standards I started off with. <laughs> okay. I'm not properly. I'm, I'm not glad. Properly. I'm glad you've told me that now, rather than before when we did that thing in Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pro. You did it properly. I was very pleased with you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you, you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you must be obeyed. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah. So we we had to do it properly, and that that was the thing. Everything had to be properly. And I trained for all of those the team. Um, I did a three day induction, which might sound excessive, um, but I, that's what I, that's how much I believed. And you had to invest in your team. So everyone, all the dentists, the hygienists, everyone went through a three-day induction program from which I had learned from Demplan, the no. stuff that we had from when we first I think started. it's great. We, we sort of do a similar thing, not, not so much as in three days, but we make sure that any new team members, uh, they just yeah. have to start and understand dentistry yeah. because, you know, you have to explain what a 
you know, an endodontist is and because yeah. they have no concept of dentistry. And, no. and as no. we deal with dentists, it's so important <laughs> that at least they've got an idea over what our clients are talking about. Over and a crown isn't something you have on your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also <laughs> when you're only dealing in one market, I think we've all got a duty of care to, to understand that market mm. well. If, if, yeah. if we were operating in very, that, very know, well, I yeah. think it's very, if you're just well. from a credibility point of view, but also I think if you're interested in the people and the profession, you, you want to understand it. It's not that you're you're doing it just because it's your job. You know, we we we, we, we always say, Chris and I, we're both quite nosy. We like asking questions. We like finding out what's going on, and that's easier if you know a bit about the people mm. you're talking to. It it, it yeah. becomes be easier. interested. Is yeah. it? We say to our team, be interested, <laughs> yeah, because people can spot being interested and being sold to. Yeah. We, we yeah. did a, a 360 degree thing and, and they put certain things and they said, Jane is curious. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the polite way of saying she's really nosy. Yeah. <laughs> curious, nosy. They're good traits. They're good traits. There's nothing wrong with them. No. So although we're jumping around a bit here, Jane, but you then you then sold that business uh, and then you moved to Jersey in the Channel Islands yes. after that. Yes. So was that was that for business? Because you were out there for a fair while, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, it was interesting. We were, we were out there for five years. We had a little interim where um, where Jonathan was in Ludlow working for a corporate, which was always interesting for him. And then um, I was working, I was doing some, I did some consultancy for a, a lovely, lovely man who was an ex-director of Denplan. Right. And he saw me. This is the swanky bit. I'll just name drop. And he saw me uh, at a, a dinner at the House of Lords. I love doing that, don't you? And oh. he came over to me and said, Shane, and he said, "I need you to come to the practice." So, um, so I did. Um, but there was a partnership, and, and it was a, a bit tricky because you know, if one, if one, not like you, obviously you've got a perfect partnership. But if one person says, "Oh, I think we ought to do this," you know, so he was clever and said, "Look, you just come across and do this," and then they, <laughs> they can't see you on a podcast, but that was cute. <laughs> and, then, um, and so, just do this. So it was kind of proving my worth, if you like. Right. So I went to prove my worth, and the next thing we were there three days every month. Me and my PA, uh, like re- transforming the business, which was a good business, but it was mm. great. But then uh, there were a couple of things with dentists, and I thought, crikey, they're going to need somebody to fulfil this. And obviously, they don't grow their own dentists in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I just said, look, you know, you, you can Jonathan can come and do some. Um, he can come and do some locum for you because I know he's finishing this contract with the thing, if that suits you. And then they heard him speaking at the BACD and they said, well, we don't want him to do locum. We want him here. The next thing I find out, he's over in Jersey and I'm in, I'm still in Shropshire. So we had to make, <laughs> make that transition. Um, but then we went over and there were certain things had happened and there was about one, one and a half days worth of dentistry for him. Um, and he wanted four. Mm-hmm. So they didn't grow their own business development managers there that knew about dentistry. So it was back to the coal face for me uh, and to develop this business. So mm. that was very useful because I had forgotten how tough it was in operations. Mm, right. It was for the practice manager, for the business manager, for the mm. operations manager so when this consultant comes along and goes well you should be doing this why don't you do this with all their great ideas uh for that the solution base for what they want forgetting how time consuming mm-hmm. and overwhelming it can be and i probably i also i really wanted to give 
really good value. I didn't want to be one of those consultants that just took the money and didn't get yeah, yeah, yeah. like supervise neglect. Hey, uh, yeah. I didn't want to be one of those. And so I thought giving it at this pace was showing value. And it, I was so wrong because actually they were feeling like they were failing. So mm, that right. was an enormous, enormous lesson for me. Mm. So I say just like, we'll go at your pace. You dictate mm. the pace. Um, and as long as I give value in those sessions, then it doesn't matter how long it takes. So that was a that was definitely a, a, a pivotal moment, an epiphany for me, uh, mm. going back to the cold face. Cold it's probably a great experience as well, actually, because it just, yeah. as you say, it just reminds you of oh, yeah. how hard it is. it is. And then it also means that when you're then talking to other people, it's, yeah, I've done this <laughs> and I've done it quite recently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when we set up our own practice uh, way for, on a business bar, I was doing reception, I was doing practice management, business development management, training. You know, I was doing all of those jobs. I was mm. even, even clean the practice every night because I couldn't find you're going to laugh. I couldn't find a cleaning agency that would do it properly. <laughs> so, uh, so I did theme, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that as well until I found somebody that I, w- I thought, yeah, they can do it as, as you know, so well to the standards that we, we want for our patients. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good lesson. Um, it was a, the only thing I haven't done, I think, is dentistry. But yeah, even but- then, I did the nursing for the, for the aesthetic practitioners. Mm. When I set that all up, I set, I did, I set everything up the patient journey. Given how much you've done, Jane, and like you say, yeah. uh, other than picking up a handpiece, you've, you've done, so done, 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 done everything else. What, yeah. what, what would you say are your, what, what was your highest and lowest point in business? Mm, yeah. Good question. Ooh. Highest point in business. Ooh, this is again, one of the motivators. I think, I think, Highest point was when somebody said to me, no, somebody actually wrote in their book, they did, they wrote a book and they dedicated it at the front and said, I'd never have been able to achieve my dream if it wasn't for James Brazen. Wow. Oh, that's I nice. Because I believe that I'm that's here lovely. to facilitate other people's yeah. success. And when we do business transformation for people, we always say, it, you know, what does winning look like to you? Mm. I think I asked that question, didn't I, when you, we were there on the first Yeah, I think when we did those, those events together. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about us going in and saying, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. What is No, our mm. advice goes on, well, what does winning look like to you? Because what you want is different to what somebody else wants. Mm. And that's how, how it goes. So, yeah, that was the highest. The lowest point, whew, I, there's been a few lows. <laughs> but, uh, being ripped off for a million quid, that's not so that's the horrible. Um, that yeah, why do you think I'm still working? That was a nice yeah, that was a uh, great lesson though. Just didn't really want to learn that one. Um, but no, um, an expensive lesson um, was uh, at a time when we lost a lot of staff. It was you know you know when one goes, it's like it's like a domino effect. Yeah, dominoes. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't have the I didn't have the experience. I didn't. And I didn't know that there was somewhere somewhere that I could have gone for help to do right. that. And and I think that was it. I didn't know where to go for help. And I didn't think it was up to me to go for help. I should have been able to do that on my own. Um, and that was another lesson. So many yeah. lessons. See how I'm learning. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that was that was a real low because hmm. um without going into too much detail, um 
there were a lot of lies being told. And I yeah. don't mind what anybody says. Just make sure it's the truth. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if you like me, you love me, you hate me, but tell the truth. Just be and honest, be upfront. Just be honest about it, yeah. Mm. And they weren't being honest about it, and that that killed me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that hurts. Yeah, it really well, those insidious yeah. saboteurs, isn't it, in yeah. your own business? It was, and like, yeah. And it, and, it was, and it wasn't fun either when when um, some of them went to a practice and that practice started ringing up patients and saying, we can do you dentistry cheaper. Mm. So, you Naughty. Know. So, so, so moving on to the next, you know, evolution of Jane Sproson, you, you're now, um, you've got your Chartered Institute of Marketing qualification in strategic digital marketing and C-level brand strategist. Ooh. What is a C-level brand yeah. strategist? Yeah. Explain just what that is. What is a C-level? Uh, C-level <laughs> is, is, is yeah, like your... See like, what I did there? I did. I didn't see that. What did you do? I said it's a crap level brand strategist. <laughs> I, I, just for those listeners, uh, it is obviously isn't because Jane's going to tell us. I'm just going for a cheap joke there. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you've had three now, okay? So that's enough. Okay, right? thank you. <laughs> a triple triple comedy. <laughs> so, um, so C level brand strategy. So basically, I can go into into the boardroom and deal at that level. So Bye. yeah, that's that's what you can do. That's the sort of um, things that we had to do to qualify. Uh, to give brands that you would know um, some advice. So they were like our case studies. Yeah. If you like. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and so for me, applying that to dentistry is just like a dream. Mm. You know, because I mean, in a way, you've sort of played it down a bit, really, haven't you? But, you know, we, we both you, worked Chris, for large... You played it down by saying crap. Yeah. We, 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 okay, I'm building you up again now. But but we work with big old banks and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. for, to get someone into our boardroom to talk about our our strategy. That's a big deal. It's not like you wander in and rock up and you get out a little PowerPoint on, yeah. <laughs> because there are people in that room who are going to give you so much hassle. Yeah. For, well, explain that to me. Tell me why we should do that. So, uh, you know, ultimately yeah. that you, you sort of played it down a bit, but it is quite a big deal. And, and, and branding's become a big deal, isn't it? I know, I know you kind of, you know, you repeatedly say branding's not a logo because people still think that if you get a logo, the job's done and it's way more than <laughs> we'll that. We'll go but, to Fiverr for that, can't we? You know, exactly. But I, think you're, I, I think you're at the right time because I think a lot of people are thinking much more deeply about what a brand mm. is and what their values are and what they stand for and how does that fit with their team and are their team aligned? You know, that, that, that whole movement yeah. is, is going what the right direction. What you mean, putting an apple on it isn't, <laughs> isn't the or thing now, Please, a tooth. Yeah, an apple or a tooth and calling it smile or something. Yes. Exactly. Smiley this or smiley, smiley that. that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, apologies to all of those people who've got that, but it's not differentiating you whatsoever. We already know you're a dentist. We already know what you do is who do you stand for? What's mm. your mm. And that's how we can differentiate you. Um, and, and marketing agencies will go in and they will start from the point of, well, who's your target market? No, sorry, marketing agencies, but that's what I've experienced a lot of not those who are obviously brand strategists. Uh, well, who's your target market and, and all of those type of questions. And we'll do a website and we'll get your SEO. And we start we start with, with uh, the brand, which is really it's you. Mm. Um, and, and that's... Yeah, so true, isn't it? Especially yeah. in a dentist. Yeah, so you are the brand. You carry yeah. the brand. And we, and we find out your 
brand personality. You know, I've been analysing your brand personality. I'm thinking, mm, I wonder if you tweak that <laughs> because of, there's a lot of gesture in you. And uh, and so, but um, yeah, the, you see, if you look at the NHS brand and you look at that logo, let's do, let's talk about identity because that's the bit that people understand. Um, the NHS is blue, isn't it? It's mm. the, the blue banner. And that is a good colour for um, a carer because it's a care it's a caring profession good colour for why podcast would you, as well. you it is good colour for podcasting yeah if you're interested podcast, it's caring however why would you if you were transferring from NHS to private for instance want your visual identity to be identity to be similar to the NHS or for instance my dentist because they're attracting NHS special, you've got to differentiate yourself, and mm, people do understand mm. So, you know, yes, it is important, but it's only part of it. And mm. we don't leave people after they have done their identity. Um, we do the organizational branding so that the values and all of that are actually within the whole company and therefore more productive, the less likely mm. to leave. I mean, if you think of all the things that are happening, uh, you've got You've got dental tourism. You've got people leaving the profession. If you get your brand right, you attract the right people, mm, whether yeah. it's patients or staff or whatever. Mm. And it's and the br- brand lives inside somebody's head. Not it's mm. not yours. It's how they perceive you. Mm. And so what we will do is help people, uh, if you like, be in more control of that narrative, so that the so that all this noise that they're hearing and seeing of marketing right now I and mean, look at all the platforms you've got that they'll be able to understand your brand more quickly and don't copy the person down the road because they're not you you can be inspired by them mm. but you know you take manarina rose for look at her brand it's absolutely fantastic it's luxury it's top end yep. but don't do it unless you're luxury top end because yeah that's right you, yeah what's <clears throat> going to happen is you're going to have a misalignment with the provision of your service and what you do and what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. But somebody like Manrina, she understands who she is, what she's about, who her Absolutely. audience is, how that has to mm. look and feel. Definitely. And she's manifested that in a in an amazing clinic. Absolutely. It, it, every, everything about it, you know, it, it hits the mark on who she is. But I, think, is I, but I think the start point is not enough people understand who they are. And I think if you don't spend enough time working out who you are, you're never going to be able to mm. represent that. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, sp- we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, an awful lot of time and then we will look at other things like what trends coming up you know, we 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 also identify your evil what don't you want to stand for mm. so, you know at the end of the day why do you want to market to everybody you don't do mm, you? yeah you know, get rid of the people that, that aren't going to value because if you're going to go from nhs to private why jump from one treadmill to another mm. you know, get get the practice you want get the patients you want do the dentistry you want yeah mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it, it goes way beyond that. It's not the colouring in department, is it, Chris? <laughs> the colouring in department, yeah. yeah. Well, it's easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's market yeah. it's branding. There we yeah. go. You, you, you mentioned a couple of times there, Jane, as you were talking about converting from NHS to, to private. And obviously, that's how your career started at Denplan. But that's a big part of what you do now. You help people convert mm. from, from mm. NHS to private. Um, 
what's what's different today compared to 30 years ago when people converted you know at the beginning of your career to where we are now is it easier is it more difficult is there more of a, of a general acceptance among patients to to purchase private dentistry okay. or are there just different challenges that that's a really that's a very very good question that's multi-layered are you ready for this okay so yep. what's different now so let's take jonathan for instance who converted his practice one million years ago not quite million, one million, uh, but almost. And when he converted it, there was what there was one provi- plan provider available. That was Denplan. That was the only kid on the block. And everybody else around him was NHS. So imagine, imagine, you know, I see, I see dentists every week. They're broken, absolutely broken on Zoom, telling me about they're financially breaking, emotionally breaking, physically breaking, and that, you know, that's not how it should be. No, and. Um, and of course, why is another discussion. But so, but they've all got the same fears. You know, I've worked this hard, and what if it's a, it's a popularity contest, isn't it? Mm. What if they reject me? Can you imagine that? It's like putting yourself up. It's not just like up for head girl or something. This is like your whole business, your whole lifestyle. Mm. You might have a couple of kids at private school, or you aspire mm. to have those kids at private school or whatever, and have a nice lifestyle. So the one dentist said to me, "It's like." She says, tell you what it's like, Jane. Do you do you guys ski? Have you ever been? Yeah, you do, don't yeah. you? Yeah. So you know when you come off the nursery slopes and all you can do is bends and knees, yeah. And then you get onto the the better ones. He said it's like coming off the nursery slopes, and you're taking me down the black run, mm. and I'm bricking it. It's terrifying. So so those fears never change. They will always remain. And there are unspoken fears as well. Where mm. am I actually good? Are my clinical skills good enough to be? a private dentist they never say that but that, that is a concern you know what if what if i don't get the vote what if they go to another practice what if what if what if all the time mm. um so those that hasn't changed what has changed now is that um you've heard of dogs cats rats haven't you you heard that one so no, that again okay. Dogs, cats, and rats. rats. It's, it's quite a rude and, and uh, rude way of describing patients, but it just it there's an analogy. Dogs are extremely loyal, yeah. Cats are there for convenience. You feed them, and you know if you didn't do that, they'd probably go next door. And then the rats are they jump ship at, if they if they needed right, to. Right. So every dentist has a number of dogs. No matter how good or bad their dentistry, mm, they will have a yeah. number of dogs. They'll go with them wherever they go. So when that that they move off, that associate moves off, they will take 200 patients out. And then uh, it is what it is. And then you've got a pile of cats who've maybe been coming to that building for 50 years, their family, you know, not necessarily, but they've been coming. That's been a dental practice for 50 years or whatever. And then you've got the rats who've been jumping shippers every time somebody went private. Yeah. So what we're doing now, what we're seeing now is there are more rats on the ship. Right. right. So what we've got to be very careful is we cannot apply the same rules that we did before is, right, okay, so this is your NHS income. What we need is this amount of people at this rate come and do and your conversion will be sorted. Mm. We go into far more of giving a contingency for those dentists now. And because we're doing the hand-holding and the, and the right the way through the whole mm. thing, they achieve their target. So, you know, we've converted a, uh, a dentist's uh, practice recently in a very uh, poor area, um, and they hit their target of 3,000 patients. 
Yeah. Right. Um, we've gone somewhere where it's a small town, everybody talks to each other, and they hit their targets. And that that's that's interesting. So what's different is that you don't need the longevity as a dentist now that you used to have to be able to convert. That of you know, I've mm. been here for eight, ten years. Yeah. yeah. You can convert them. It's still harder and it's easier. If if you're a principal, it's easier. Mm. If you if you've been in there over if you've seen your patients more than three times, then we're on to a better thing. But if you see I'm I'm NHS and now I'm going private and I've only seen you once. Mm. That's tough. Solid. Mm. Where's the loyalty? Mm. You know, so there's all these things we're examining. Um, there is an acceptance of, of the, sometimes it's reluctance, but sometimes it isn't. Depends where where you are in the country uh, that it is going to go private. And then we we often get mm, we wondered when you were going to do it. But it's also important for us to help protect their reputation in the community. So that we have a whole program of protecting that reputation. Mm. Otherwise, because otherwise it's very very hard. You know, you get your phone and you can see all these people saying horrible things about you on the internet and they have to deal with that. Um, mm. so we have a little strategy to help. So there's, there's all sorts of nuances that people don't think about, mm. but um, yeah. Is it, is it easier? It's just different. You have yeah, to say it, so, it sounds like there's just different challenges mm. as opposed different to it being, yeah, than it was, than it was all those years ago. Um, and that you've got a choice now, plan providers. You yeah. Can go for all the bells and whistles on and um, as a branding strategist now and you previously you would have been able to cut me in half and i would have bled that brand but as a branding strategist now i would say i would ask this question why would i want another brand to dominate my practice mm-hmm. i yeah. want them to belong to my membership yeah control that yourself yeah yeah control it yourself and the, and also then i can control which consultants come in to advise me so mm. I've gone from, you know, that there were there wasn't the knowledge or the need to um, to have all that now. And now I think there's a, you have to have business advisors to help you navigate mm. your, the private waters, mm. and it's finding the right one for you. Yeah. Mm. So there's yeah there's an awful lot that mm. is the same, and there's some things that are yeah. interesting how it's mm. changed. Yeah. Just yeah. just just to I'm turn the same t- challenges, just different yeah. issues. Really. Yeah. And and to turn the tables on you, Jane, what what does success look like for you? What does success like look like? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? What does success? I've look heard like that question before. Yeah, I've heard that question before. And um, there's a number of things that that are um, important to me. One is that I am super happy with the work I do. Um, I am very, very fortunate to have a good reputation, not a crap one. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Don't just focus on that one word for Cody's <laughs> sake. You know, I've got to bring it up now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you owe me a bottle now. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I've got a very good reputation. Never really needed a website, to be honest. Um, so that kind of tells you. I do have a website, but I didn't ever need one for business. Um, uh that I that I know that that when somebody comes to me to transform the business, I know I can do it. Mm. I, know, I know I don't. I know that I'm not going to be thinking, "Will I be able to do this?" Well, I've got that level of competence now, yeah. and that experience that that I just say, "Bring it on!" I can deal with that. Mm. 
So that gives me happiness because I've learned all those things. Uh, my family give me happiness. We've got another grandchild coming because uh, you, you're, you're a well-known grand dude, aren't you? Oh, I am. So, I am. Yeah, and Chris so, is as well. Chris oh, is as well. Know, He's Chris. recently joined the crew. Yep. That is the best, the best club to be in is the is the grandparent club. So that is important to me that I uh have time and can do things for them. Um yeah, and what else? I like to I like to have a nice a nice home. I don't, I'm not really that ambitious, I'm a bit boring really. I like um aesthetics are quite important to me. So right, yeah. this, where I'm sitting now, I'm not going to show you. Shall I show you the shit over there? Yeah. This is the, this, no, no, I can't, it won't go. Sorry. There's lots of crappy stuff over there, but this is all being designed and that will be very pleasing to me to right. have a beautiful place to work in. Because um, I like, I like it, to, I like it properly. It's got to be. I like, like it properly. Like, like it properly. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be uh, on your tombstone. <laughs> She died properly. <laughs> yeah. I like it properly. <laughs> now this could get I don't know why you suddenly came from the West Country then, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very dodgy when he's the West <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry about yeah, that. <laughs> you've, you, you've had a real... 0800. Da, 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 da. You've had a real weaving career, haven't you, Jane? It's, it's, it's oh, very yeah. interesting and there's lots of kind of threads in there about you know, consistency and good service and... You know, achieving excellence, even like you know, combining that aesthetics with with the mm. dentistry bit. So it's a, it's fascinating, and I think for where you are in dentistry at the moment, you know, there's there's a huge demand for that. There's lots of people mm. who are exploring yeah. whether they want to continue delivering uh, dentistry it, via the NHS or not. It is it is massively um, opportunity for me, but it's like what I'm doing now is like what I used to do, but on speed because of all the experience and all mm. the knowledge and all the things that are available now that weren't available mm. it's like well let's take that and put it on speed and that's what it's like and we don't we don't leave people at conversion we take them beyond because they are now competing in in the, in the private practice yeah mm. they have they have to up their game they can't mm. you can't deliver what you did before um and expect people to choose you to be their private practitioner mm. or expect to expect them you to re, um, retain those patients even all that hard work yeah what's the point of doing all that and then they, they walk out the back door to somebody else because mm, yeah, sure. if i've got to pay if i'm gonna to have to pay for my dentistry i'm gonna look around thanks i'm gonna look around to see what's out there yeah yeah you know? it's so, true choice true yeah. choice you know so so after the panic bits over we've got to say come on why are they choosing you and they've got to get those messages over so we mm. We do a lot of time with the dentists in the, in the treatment rooms uh, to make sure that the messages are mm. strong to the patients, that the whole patient experience is absolutely properly <laughs> so, and achieving what they need to achieve. Yeah. So that's good. It's, yeah, uh, organizational branding. Yeah. Brilliant. Rather than a bit of a logo. That's good. Very good. Jane, we always very interesting. We, we always, always finish up in the same way. So we have two questions for you. Um, dun, 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 dun. Our first question for you is: If you could be a fly on the wall with somebody in a certain situation, when and who would you be with? A fly on the wall in a certain situation. Um, so I think I would have liked to be have been a fly on the wall with the Queen when she was with. Um, 
Dan, uh, what's he called? Uh, Daniel, what's his face? Bond. Um, Craig. Oh, Dan- Daniel Craig. Craig. Because was, wasn't that magnificent? I mean, I know that I could give you something really serious and cerebral, you know, um, but I would have, I would really like that. I just think it would be fun. It was, mm. it was well done. And I bet it was a hoot. I bet I it bet. was. I bet they had, because she apparently had a wonderful sense of humour. And I bet she's needing one right now. <laughs> Wherever she is, so, yeah, no. I'm sure. So, but I did. I did think Queen did it properly. I really did. I think she she was a she was a good brand ambassador for their awards. Yeah, definitely. She, she was. was. She, she was. was. She, un- she understood Indeed. her role incredibly well, and and yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. incredible definitely. lady. So yeah. whether this is going to be related or not, but the the follow up question is: if you could meet somebody, uh, sit down with her with a glass of wine, who would you like to <laughs> to sit down with? Well, I would like to sit down with Marie Antoinette <laughs> because, you know what, there's a lot of us ladies, we do moan a bit about, you know, we don't have it as easy as you guys. But if you go back in history, they had to really work hard, mm. really work hard at, at just surviving. And to so to have, so to have somebody... Um, who left? She left at her home at the age of thirteen or something. Yeah, you know, in another country, speaking another language, mm. where they were mocking her. That's you know, you've got to have some some sort of amazing uh, resilience and some sort of um, just fantastic personality to have to deal with <clears> that. <throat> and um, and she, I mean, I know her. She came to a demise, but. I just think it might be quite fascinating and you might learn a few things of how to deal with situations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. especially when they were hungry at the gate. Antibiotics. Yes. Yeah. There weren't any anti- antibiotics then. So mm, you know, no. how did they do that? Um, I just think, and, and also it must have been pretty fabulous. If I, I like the aesthetics, imagine all those palaces and what have you. Probably a bit stinky, but yeah. probably very beautiful. Um, very cold. Uh, yes, I'm actually very cold. Um, so I, I think there's lots of different elements of that. And that's probably, you know, I probably should say something, you know, mm. I should say Mother Teresa or something like that. But I, I do like Mother Teresa. No, no, We've like, had some very obscure ones, so you're, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. but I, I do, I, yeah, it's very, very rare we get a repetition. It is. It's, it is. Very yeah, rare. I, think, I don't think anyone's done Hitler yet, have they? Did someone do Hitler? <laughs> I can't remember, I can't remember actually. No, We've had some quite uh, not weird. That sounds a bit rude to whoever they were, but yeah. there's been some very sort of like left field, yeah. isn't it? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, my view is that you know there's enough hard, you know, hard lessons and hard stuff to in life. So I think she had a bit of fun, didn't she? So that's <laughs> that's where I was looking at. Who? Where can you find somebody who did something quite amazing, but they also had a bit of fun? Like, yeah, that, that's the person I could come up with. No, good answer. Cleopatra. Absolutely. Yeah, Cleo would have been all right. Yeah, anybody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from when I think about Cleo, that just reminds me of a carry-on film. (laughs) (laughs) Infamy, infamy. Yeah, Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there are lots of people I would would like to sit down and have a glass of wine. Yeah, oh, I'm sure if we could could have a long table, we'd have a lot of people there. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah. But can we, the next time you invite me on, because I know you will, um, there was, because I've done it properly. Can we do a dinner party thing? You know? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 More people. 
Anything. And then you could also say who you wanted to sit next to. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could do you could do like a dinner party special, couldn't we? That's we always a tricky one, isn't it? We ask people when you do a dinner party, who do yeah. you sit next to? Yeah. yeah. Well, Jane, it's been an absolute treat. Thank That's you for your brilliant. time. Thank it's you. been it's been really good. It's been it's really good. It's been lovely just to almost like to, you know wander with you through your career. It's been it's been really interesting. Uh, so yeah, no, thank you. No doubt we're going to be seeing you at an event at some point very soon yeah. Um, yeah. because the, the dental scene's back and open and we're getting through the start of the new year now so yeah um, thank you for your time and hopefully we'll catch up with you soon yeah brilliant lovely thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on Instagram